Hello and welcome back to The Average Shepherd. I'm your host, Deacon Sam, and thank you for joining me on the podcast. We're now up to Wednesday in the 23rd week of Ordinary Time, and today's homily is called Happy Birthday, Mary. And we're reading today from the Gospel of Matthew. Let's begin. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. This is how Jesus Christ came to be born. His mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they came to live together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a man of honour and wanting to spare her publicity, decided to divorce her informally. He had made up his mind to do just this when the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because she has conceived what is in her by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you must name him Jesus, because he is the one who is to save his people from their sins. Now this took place to fulfill the words spoken by the Lord through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, a name which means God is with us. The Gospel of the Lord. So today we celebrate together the birthday of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And while this occasion is obviously an important one in the history of salvation, there's, a not, there's not a lot that we can definitively say about the birth and the early life of Mary because these events, they're not recorded for us in sacred scripture. That's why in today's gospel we hear about her relationship with Joseph and the circumstances of Jesus' birth, but nothing about Mary's birth. However, in terms of the written record, we do have an apocryphal text known as the Gospel of James. Apocryphal texts are basically those writings that the church does not consider as part of Scripture, but they still remain of historical interest. The Gospel of James was written in about the 2nd century and tells the story of Joachim and his wife Anne and the miraculous birth of their child Mary, the mother of Jesus. In this story, Joachim was a rich and pious man who regularly gave to the poor. However, the story tells of how Joachim's sacrifice was rejected at the temple and the childlessness of his wife Anne, who was older in years, was interpreted as a sign of God's displeasure. Joachim then goes out into the desert to fast and pray for 40 days, whereupon angels then appeared to both Joachim and Anne and they promised them the miraculous birth of Mary. Unfortunately, although this is an interesting read, the apocryphal book of James was both rejected and condemned by Pope Innocent I in the year 405, so it cannot be held as either inspired by the Holy Spirit or free from error, so we don't exactly know what we can trust in this text. So what can we know for sure about the beginning of Mary's life? Because although we can't rely on the details of an apocryphal gospel, we can rely on what the Holy Spirit has preserved in the traditions of the church. Well, first we can be sure of both the names and the holiness of Mary's parents, Joachim and Anne, two great saints, whose sainthood is recognized by the church and whose memorial is celebrated on the 26th of July each year. Second, we can also know a certain spiritual reality about the beginning of Mary's life, namely the Immaculate Conception. Even today, many Catholics and Christians, they confuse the Immaculate Conception of Mary with the virgin birth of Jesus. So let's try to clear that up a little bit. What is the Immaculate Conception? 
Well, way back in 1854, after consulting with the bishops of the world, Pope Pius IX pronounced and defined the following dogma, and I quote, The Blessed Virgin Mary, in the first instance of her conception, by a singular privilege and grace granted by God, in view of the merits of Jesus Christ, was preserved exempt from all stain of original sin. In other words, from the moment of her conception, through to her birth and life, until the moment of her assumption into heaven, Mary was preserved from sin and remained always, as we say in the Hail Mary, full of grace. The Immaculate Conception is, of course, closely linked with today's feast, uh, hence why we celebrate the Immaculate Conception on December the 8th, exactly nine months before today, the birthday of Mary. Now, the dogma of the Immaculate Conception can be a contentious issue. Not for us Catholics, for us it's fact, but it can rustle the feathers of our Protestant brothers and sisters. That's why I think it's important that we at least have a basic and clear understanding of its meaning, for the sake of our own faith, and also so we don't cause unnecessary upset or confusion when explaining it. The easiest explanation I've ever heard for the Immaculate Conception was the hole in the road analogy, and let me explain that. We can think of original sin as like a man who has fallen into a hole in the road and can't get out except with the help of God. For all of us, Jesus ordinarily lifts us out of that hole when we're baptized and he cleanses us with sanctifying grace. Mary, however, was different. She was redeemed in a singular, unique way because God, knowing that Mary would be the mother of his son, chose to prevent her from ever falling into that hole in the first place. So therefore, by grace, she was preserved from original sin. It was still God that was doing the saving of Mary, but he just did it in a different and more perfect way. Now, you might be wondering why God would choose to act this way in the life of Mary. And there are a number of different theological reasons for the Immaculate Conception that can be drawn out of Scripture. But the most convincing, at least to me, is the simple argument from appropriateness. And this argument was expressed most succinctly by St. Anselm of Canterbury in the Latin phrase, decuit potuit ergo fecit, fitting, able, therefore done. It was fitting that the mother of the Redeemer should have been free from the power of sin, who her son was coming to save. God was able to grant Mary that special privilege. Therefore, that's exactly what he did. Because of the enormous grace bestowed upon Mary, she is considered by the church as the greatest creature ever created by God. She is described in the prayer of the church as the highest honor of our race. Apart from Christ, Mary is our greatest gift and most powerful intercessor. That's why we celebrate her birthday. With that in mind, let us pray. Lord God, you preserved Mary from every stain of sin by filling her soul with a special grace. We ask, Lord, for a share of that grace today as we celebrate the Nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Holy Mother, intercede for us to God. Take our petitions now to the heavenly throne of your Son. Pray for us that our hearts may be made pure and we may live our lives in imitation of your virtue in perfect obedience to the will of God. We ask this in the holy name of your Son, Jesus, through the intercession of your Immaculate Heart. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, 
and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Happy birthday, Mary. Thank you, everyone, for listening. God bless you all, and I'll see you next time.